listening to Game On DC, your home for local gaming and esports news in the DMV. Find the show on social media at Game On DC and by using the hashtag GoDC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, John and Joey. What's up, DMV? Welcome to Game On DC, the podcast dedicated to you, the gamers and esports fanatics right here in the East Coast capital of esports. My name is John, and I am joined once again by the man, the myth, the legend, the king of the courtside, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, life is great. Overwatch League is back. WizDG is just around the corner with the NBA 2K League coming right up. And John, that's not all. Caps Gaming is entering into their semifinals very soon as well. Tons of stuff happening right here in the DMV. Definitely tune in. And Joey, the first ever homestand for the Washington Justice is taking place this weekend too. So some local events the DMV can go out and support uh, right in our own backyard. I believe it's the Anthem on the Wharf in uh, D.C. So uh, tons of stuff to talk about. Uh, But before we jump into the show, just a friendly reminder that if you do enjoy the show, we would be honored if you take a small part of your day and leave us a review on your respective podcatcher of choice. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And with that out of the way, let's go and jump right into our first segment around the gaming beltway. Joey, what's happening in the DMV? John, not a ton of events on the slate this week, but on Saturday, February 29th, just a couple weekends from now, we have the Console Gaming League returning their CGL monthlies, and that is Super Smash Brothers. It's going to be a Wi-Fi tournament series held on the last Saturday of every month. This one in particular, again, February 29th, it's going to kick off at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to have a $350 prize pool on the line. And if you're interested, you can go over to consolegamingleague.com to register. John, I like this. Uh, Smash is one of those events and games that has really just continued to pour out in the DMV area. You have so many awesome events between Flex at the Game Gym, between the Caves regular competition. It feels like every single gaming cafe in the area has Smash events, and there's so many pro scene events happening as well. You know, it's very unique when you take a look at the Smash scene right here in the DMV because I really can't think of any other city in the United States where Smash is as big as it is here. I mean, we have major Smash conventions that hold some of the world's biggest Smash events right here in our own backyard at the Dallas Expo Center, I believe, uh, Super Smash Con, if you will. A lot of major events happening in our area with Smash. So to me, it's no surprise that the gaming cafes, the gaming lounges out there are putting together these events and really bringing that Smash community. I'm not going to say together because they're already a very tight-knit group, uh, but giving them more opportunities to compete. And Joey, you and I both know this. There are a ton of competitors here in this area. Uh, Flex 32 that happened at the game gym uh, just the other week had over 100 participants in it. I mean, it is absolutely awesome how dedicated this entire fan base is. And it's going to continue to grow right here in the DMV. Absolutely. And we mentioned the game gym. We've mentioned Xanadu. We've mentioned a number of these Smash competitors, but that's not the only gaming cafes in the area. There are a ton of them, guys. Be sure to check out our local gaming center websites and social media accounts as well. Again, we can't cover every single event happening on the show, especially the ones that happen on a weekly basis. So make sure to check out those accounts to name them the Cave Gaming Center in Fairfax, Virginia, Hunter MPC Gaming Lounge in Annandale, Virginia, Tech Time Gaming Lounge in Woodbridge, Virginia iBattle Esports PC Gaming in Centerville, Virginia, Xanadu Games at Laurel Park, Maryland, and the Game Gym in Rockville, Maryland. So go ahead and check those out as well, guys. 
there's tons happening in the area. Whether you're a Smash player or whether you want to look into Overwatch or Call of Duty or whatever, there is definitely an event out there for you. With that, Joey, no community spotlight this week. We are working on some interviews in the future to fill in uh, the community spotlight segment, but with a ton of stuff happening here in the DMV with our pro scene, we don't want to waste any time. We want to get right into the Capitol Coliseum. Joey, let's go ahead and start with our local DC United team and their EMLS player, uh, King CJ. He goes right into League Series 2 just this past weekend. Uh, Joey, you know, he had a decent performance. He's currently sitting 12th overall in the overall standings with a record of eight wins, four losses, and the most draws in the entire league. He has 12 draws. I believe the next closest player is eight, and then a bunch of people tied at seven for draws. But right now, sitting at 12th overall with a plus eight goal differential, so not doing too bad. Um, unlike our neighbors up to the north on 95, just a wee bit in Philadelphia, who's sitting at that beautiful 0-0-24. Yes, that is zero wins, zero ties, and 24 losses for that team just up I-95 there. King CJ had a great showing here in EMLS League Series 2. Uh, didn't really pull away from the pack. He didn't make the stream. He didn't make that playoff round. But he is still competing at a very consistent level, and he will continue to grow as the league continues to go on here. Sitting middle of the pack, that's kind of what we saw last year with Renato as well for DC United. King CJ still sitting middle of the pack as well. So, you know, not bottom tier, but definitely not in the top tier at this moment to make it into the playoff rounds for EMLS. Okay, look at this a little further here, John. Uh, there's a number of things to look at with CJ. You hit one of the big words. It's consistency. CJ is not dropping. He's still top 50% here. He's just out of playoffs by a couple spots. I believe top eight make playoffs for all of these EMLS League Series events. He's sitting at number 10 right now. We did see improvement from last week, though, as well. I mean, when we looked at him last week, we've now seen the same amount of ties. He held that six ties consistently, but he lost a loss and turned it into a win. So the fact that we're seeing more in his win column, less in his loss column, is a huge plus. The other big factor to look at is his goal differential. Last week, or last series, I guess we can say, he ended up going negative in goal differential. This week, he's plus nine. So the fact that we see him with a plus nine goal differential, which moves him to plus eight overall on the leaderboard... That is ginormous. So more wins, the same amount of ties, less losses, and more goals being scored by King CJ. I really think it's just a matter of time. Series 3, Series 4, I really think he has a good shot of finally making that stream and getting into playoffs. Well, let's hope so. We would love to see some of the black and red on that stream for EMLS going forward. And uh, I know the entire FIFA community here is rooting for King CJ as well to perform uh, well at these EMLS League series. There are you know, if, if you've never watched a FIFA tournament before, highly, highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. You may, you don't have to be a, a soccer fan to enjoy FIFA. Uh, it's definitely more of an arcade style of game versus a, a simulation. You know, you'll, it's definitely more fast paced. The, the passing is quick. The, the ton of shots, the scoring can usually get pretty high, especially if you're playing our neighbors up to the north uh, on 95. The scoring can get Really high. Joey, he had a <laughs> negative 65 goal differential in the League Series 2. That's not including the overall. That was just in Series 2. Overall, he's at a 100, uh, pardon me, a negative 126 goal differential. The next closest is Jay Adams in Minnesota with a negative 51. 
I mean, what in the world's the Philadelphia Union doing? I'm not the type to judge. I personally haven't gone up against our Philly competition head on head. Um, at the same point, yeah, I think there's definitely room for improvement there. Looking at CJ, though, I love the improvement that he's shown. I think adding more goals to his tally, adding more wins to his record. CJ is primed to finally make it into that stream in the next series or two. All right, shifting gears here just a little bit. We're going to go to our neighbors uh, in Northwest D.C. now with Caps Gaming. Joey, Caps Gaming hosting the first ever 6v6 tournament uh, hosted by an NHL team. You know, last year the Capitals made uh, huge waves in the uh, Chell esports scene with the Caps uh, face-off classic and the Chell classic uh, with Tampa Bay last year, this year. Now a full 6v6 tournament. This thing has been going on for months. A grueling eight-week schedule going into a playoff bracket, and it just continued to go and go and go. And, Joey, we now have our final four teams who will be traveling to Washington, D.C. for the semifinals and finals that will take place on February 29th. And, Joey, first place will get a 10 thousand dollar prize second place gets a five thousand dollar prize this is such an amazing opportunity and i believe there'll be a familiar face to some uh dmv chell followers here returning to dc in this competition as well right john that will be regs from entourage the number three seed who took down the number six seeded highlight highlanders this past weekend on top of that we had number one seed hidden potential taking down the underdogs Resilience taking down Natty Light Knights as the four versus the five, and then Phantoms with the upset over number two turning point. They will be moving on to the semifinals where they will face off against one another. Looking at those semifinal matchups before the upcoming weekend. Looking at those semifinal matchups, we have Hidden Potential matching up against Phantoms. That's the number one seed up against that number seven seed after their upset. On the opposite side of the bracket, we have Resilience, the number four seed, up against Entourage. Joey, it has been an absolute blast watching this tournament, what for feels like has been the better part of, of, of 12, 13 weeks now. Uh, the competition has been phenomenal. The Chell community has really come together. And it, it's kind of funny because every community has like their own unique personality. And the Chell community is definitely no different than any other community there in that sense. And one of the biggest question marks here is Riggs playing for Entourage uh, is known as a great Chell player, you know, a 1v1 player. There were a lot of questions in the Chell community of, well, can a 1v1 player make it in a 6v6 format? And you know, a lot of people were kind of surprised. Joey, you and I had the honor of seeing Regs play in person. We got to call some of his games. You know, to us, we saw his skill in person. We got a chance to talk with Regs. And, you know, in all honesty, we got to see him play in that 3v3 in the Chell Classic as well. And we saw how well he was able to play with two other players, not having control of every player on the ice. He knew when to pass. He was, he's great with communicating, and he wasn't selfish with the puck. That's kind of the same style of play we saw from Riggs in Entourage in this entire tournament. Now, Riggs playing as a, as a blue liner, as a defenseman, uh, put up some amazing numbers in the quarterfinals to help his team get into the semifinals. Uh, definitely MVP of multiple games. These were uh, three best of three series uh, in the quarterfinals. It will still be best of three for the semi, with the finals being a best of five. Uh, so Regs has definitely proven a lot of naysayers wrong uh, with him being a 1v1 player, moving to a 6v6 team in this sense too. Uh, but Joey... The competition here is so tight. These are literally the four best teams, I would argue, in North America 
first 6v6s, and we're going to have the chance to watch him right here in our own backyard in Washington, D.C. on February 29th. Right, John, and it was no easy path getting here either. There were a ton of really good teams that had to be taken down by every single one of these teams to make it to this point. So you were seeing some of the best talent, whether you think it's the best team or not, they were able to overcome the odds. They were able to find their way here to the semifinals. We have some very, very good hockey ahead. All right, Joey, we're going to stay in the same kind of ecosphere there with Caps Gaming and Monumental Sports Entertainment. We're going to take a look at the NBA 2K League team. Of course, we're talking about Wizards District Gaming. That draft is coming up this Saturday on the 22nd of February. And Joey, WizDG has the first overall draft pick. We've talked about it multiple times during the offseason. This is absolutely massive for this team. Just to give everyone a quick reminder, the only two returning players for the 2020 roster as of right now, Reese Dagod, uh, who is a shooting guard, and Dave Fry, who is a power forward. Those are the only two players coming back to this team as of now. Everyone else will have to be drafted. So you have Dave Fry, who is easily considered a first-round pro prospect, but his value. Reese Dagod has proven time and time again that he is easily a, a, a second-round talent, if not first-round talent, player. He is absolutely insane. He, he was one of the leaders on this team last year as well. Really consistent and really grew as a player and a teammate through the 2019 season. So you have two solid players as the foundation of this roster going forward, and now they get to fill out the rest of this roster. They, need, they are looking for a point guard, a center, uh, and then another forward. So... Uh, a lot of opportunity here for this team to really perform and perform better than they did last year. Last year was a little bit of, uh, I'm not going to say a disappointment because there are a lot of growing pains in season two, but there's a lot to be expected this season in 2024 with DG. So the real question comes down here, Joey, is what are we looking for as fans uh, for the 2020 roster and what, what direction do we think this organization is going to go with that first overall draft pick? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big question marks out there is where are we going to see these players actually play? Because there's been talk back and forth, like, do we keep Day Fry as a forward? Do we end up moving him into a center role? Do we want to keep Reese at that shooting guard? I think Reese is most likely going to stay, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Day Fry stay either in those particular roles. So with that being said, we were at the one tournament that WizDG ran. There were some very high-class point guards in that tournament. And so we could end up seeing a point guard go here. I would not be surprised if we see a high-level center go either. The thing with the first-round pick is you can pick from anyone. There's so much out there, whether it be knowledge of the game, whether it be levels of experience, whether it just be pure mechanical skill, this is where you can finally take that chance. In previous drafts, and the WizDG squad did very good with them, they didn't have the best bet with some of their picks because they ended up with the whole the situation that went down previously with Boo. They ended up not quite getting compensated the way you and I would have liked them to. We thought they should have got higher round picks because Boo was the top scorer overall for the league at that point, and they ended up giving a later round pick. So now that we finally see, uh, we're going to call it a little bit of justice here in D.C., uh, finally seeing WizDG get a high-level pick and finally getting to see what they can do with it they've always been one of those teams that teeter right around playoffs they either just make it in or just make it out I want to see them finally push forward now you have that veteran leadership there with Dave Fry and Reese and then you have coach Pat P cross returning as well so the fact that you're bringing in some players that you've worked with before similar to last season on top of that you have Dave Fry there in his second season and then the coach with the same mentality being able to build upon those players as your foundation this WizDG squad is really set up for success this year, depending how they use these first couple picks. 
First overall, though, we need a banger. We need a really strong player coming in. Give us the big three, and let's make it happen. So, Joey, we had the honor of getting to call one of WizDG's events earlier this year uh, where the winning team on both the Xbox and PlayStation side were able to have one player selected by WizDG on each team uh, to be automatically entered into the NBA 2K League draft, which, first off, kudos to NBA 2K League. That is an absolutely fantastic way of doing it. Uh, I, I love these local tournaments where the organizations can bring these teams in. They can kind of get a taste of what it's like to be a pro. And, Joey, some of the cool things that we saw was there are there were some Season 1 pros trying to make their way back to the league. One of those players was Sean Wen. Uh, what he's a play, he was a player uh, in, in Season 1, played incredibly well, was not picked up in Season 2. Sean Wen played out of his mind. Uh, Sean Wen 2K is his handle on Twitter. I believe his gamertag as well. Uh, he played incredibly well uh, in that event for WizDG, and I believe he was selected uh, by WizDG to get back into the draft pool. So I would expect to see uh, Sean Wynn picked up again uh, coming into this season. Is he going to be a fit for WizDG? Don't necessarily know. Uh, the one other player I want to highlight uh, is he's, he's a well-known name in the NBA 2K League. We had a chance to watch him play as well. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking about Dirk. Uh, Dirk, who is obviously a, a shoutcaster for the NBA 2K League, now uh, moving, transitioning, if you will, to a player for the NBA 2K League, a man who has a very in-depth knowledge of this game, the mechanics, how the game operates. He is a very technical player, and it showed in the WizDG event. He is looking to make... Uh, I believe it would be considered history, a, a, someone who started as a caster making their way as a player here uh, by hopefully being drafted here in Season 3 into the NBA 2K League. Now, he plays as a power forward and center prospect, and he's a prospect for both of those positions. Um, those are two positions that WizDG are openly looking for. They're looking for another big man down low to play alongside Dayfry, whether it's in the forward position or in the center position. And Dirk, you know, we, we broke down his skill a little bit during this competition. In the paint, driving to the hoop, the pick and roll, his play, his passing, his shooting was great. Where it became iffy was when he did, as all big men love to do, they want to pull up that three-point shot every now and then. Um, that, that was some of the questionable calls. Um, but when he sticks to that traditional center role, he plays great. And I, I can see him playing those positions, center and, and forward, in this league at a high level, and there's a good chance he could provide a boost to what WizDG need, let alone the fact that he has an amazing following on social media already. Uh, but I feel like that's a very, uh, a very high prospect pick for WizDG, for WizDG to use that first overall pick on. Uh, big men were a hot commodity the last couple of years. Not a lot of people play center or forward. There's a lot of guards out there. So wrapping up a center or another forward could be a huge top priority for this team. Definitely, John. And one of the other things that Dirk brings, and you hit on it a bit, is just that game knowledge as well. Being a caster, he studied a lot of these other teams, a lot of these other players for time after time. So he's going to bring all that wealth of knowledge to not only those mechanical skills that he we know he has in game, but being able to also kind of fall, fall in as like an analyst or assistant coach in a sense as well can bring some depth to that too. Now, a few other players to highlight. You hit the power forward center type of positions. I have to go back to the guards. 
I like two of the guards on the winning teams, my TV being one of those. He did extremely well. He looked very calm, composed. And one of the things I really liked about him and in our experience with him was how vocal he was in game. So when you look at the WizDG squad, there's a lot of vocal guys already, especially Dayfry. He's one of the most vocal and loud in the league. At the same point, I don't think it hurts to bring some more if you're able to use that momentum and use that emotion to your benefit. Now, at the same point, if you bring too many vocal players on, it can end up batting heads or bucking heads or whatever you want to look at it like because you have so many personalities clashing. In this sense, with the way the NBA 2K League plays out and the way emotions are kind of driven in the league, I think it can really be a huge benefit for this team. Now, on the opposite side, the other winner, the MVP actually of Dirk's team, is got to be Bohio. Bohio just lit up the court. I felt like every single time we looked at his character in game, he had a flame next to it. He was just constantly on fire. Some of the games, he just put it on his back. There are also great position players, Matt Moore being one of them. But when you look at it overall, the fact that Bohio was able to do it game after game after game, they had one game where they went to overtime. They were able to pull it out. He put them in so many situations where they're able to clinch the victory or able to finally pull it out and swing momentum back in their favor. Having a player like that that can be ice in the veins or in fire in game, in a sense, ironically, he's able to bring so much momentum into the game for those swings, and that could really help a team that might slump here and there or might get hot and then start to slump a bit. So the fact that he's able to use those momentum swings to his favor and then inject that into the team's chemistry and into the team's mindset, I think is a very, very huge plus, not only on the virtual court, but also in a leadership role as well. A lot of questions will be answered this Saturday for the NBA 2K League draft. Joey, I don't know about you, but I do not want to be in that war room for this draft. I don't want to be Pat. I don't want to be Jordan. I don't want to be Andrew. I don't want to be any of those guys with MSE having to make these selections because there's a great possibility here with the proper draft picks with a solid first overall draft pick for WizDG. We could see a team that could possibly do what last season's team couldn't do, and that's make playoffs and possibly even go farther than they did in season one. Uh, so a lot of hype going into this season, having that first overall draft pick, having two solid players in Reese DeGod and Dave Fry already on the roster for 2020. Joey, I'm going to be tuning in all day Saturday watching this. I believe it is going to be live on Twitch. Uh, so definitely check that out if you are into WizDG. And if you're not into WizDG, check it out. It's a fun experience. Uh, I don't think there's any other league that has a draft like this for esports. It's a little bit of that crossover from traditional sports into esports, but it's a lot of fun. You get to see a lot of personality come out on these players, and it's cool to see what this league has to offer. So definitely check it out this Saturday, the 22nd, for the NBA 2K League draft. With that, Joey, of course, we have to talk about the big event happening this weekend on the wharf in Washington, D.C. at the Anthem. And, of course, I'm talking about the Washington Justice homestand for week three of the Overwatch League. Now, the Washington Justice, week two, was their first appearance in season three for the Overwatch League. Uh, they didn't have any games scheduled for week one. That's fine. A lot of teams had essentially a bye week, if you will, for week one. The Justice came back in week two. They went up to Philadelphia uh, I believe the Philadelphia homestand was the Battle of Brotherly Love, uh, which is very interesting because um, 
Brotherly love, Philadelphia. I understand that. I understand that's their slogan, but I've never experienced that brotherly love in Philadelphia, Joey. Uh, mainly because I don't like any of the Philadelphia sports teams. That's neither here nor there. But Joey, speaking about our Washington Justice, unfortunately they did lose to Philadelphia in their first match of the season, three-one. But they were able to bounce back the very next day, going 3-0 against the Houston Outlaws. So in week two, our Washington Justice. Yes, the same Washington Justice that all of the expert analysts said we're going to be at the bottom of the rankings again. is sitting at a pretty 500 right smack dab in the middle of the pack so far after their first week of play. Joey, how did you think our Justice looked after their first two games up in Philadelphia? John, we'll kick it off with the second game they had against Houston. Houston was just not able to pull the gun out of the holster in that one, John. These were outlaws without their stars. It did not look good. The Justice absolutely dominated them. Now, Philly, on the other hand, Philly is looked at by most experts as a top five team for season three, and they looked very much like it. Carpe was doing extremely well. The two-tank duo that Philly started as well, and then they had a new support coming in, an alarm. So I like this Philly lineup. I think they're very talented, but I also like this Justice lineup, and I don't think a 3-1 storyline here of the final is enough to justify the full story that took place in this matchup. When you look at the way the Justice came out, this was very close to a 2-2. They ended up tying on Anubis. Uh, it was beautiful, too. Ark ended up with a back cap where the Justice drew the fusion out. They got a bit too cocky, and then Ark was able to slip around and back cap the point to force the tiebreaker. So then we ended up going to a tiebreaker on Temple of Anubis. Very, very tight once again. Unfortunately for the Justice, Philly just pulled it out in the end. But this very easily could have gone to a fifth map, John. And I think that's one of the storylines that the 3-1 doesn't quite tell. So this is that Justice team really pushing it, really punching it right up against the top five team on many people's lists. Joey, one other part. Joey, one other thing for Justice fans to remember is we only have one part of that amazing tank duo playing for the Justice right now. Lolsesh is still waiting for his visa to come in. As far as we know, we haven't seen any press releases uh, on an update for Lolsesh. So we are still waiting. Uh, and that can be a huge game changer for this Washington Justice team. Having that chemistry between Lolsesh and Elevote is going to be absolutely massive for this team going forward. Uh, so hopefully we can get that visa issue figured out um, sooner rather than later. Uh, and we can see this Washington Justice team at full strength going forward. Now, John, with that being said, I think Roar did a very good job stepping in as well. When you look at the first game against the Fusion, they looked a little off. It looked like Ellie Vote was in positions he probably shouldn't have been. Roar was not quite positioning the best he could either. And I think part of that is just working out those kinks. This is your first stage match together as a team. This is the first time you really duo together as a team outside of like scrims. So I think that's part of those little uh, really stage fright or stage veins or whatever getting worked out. Then in the second match up against the Outlaws, you can argue, yes, the Outlaws are a much lesser quality team than the Fusion currently, or at least in their current state, but they look so much better. I mean, Ellie Vote was making very strong plays. It looked like he was more on the page with the support squad. And then when you looked at Roar as well, he just he looked like the main tank we want him to be, whether he be the starter or the reserve. So the fact that already in one match, again, very different level of competition here, but I still saw the synergy start to work between the support duo, the DPS, and the tank line. So I really think that is something very good to look forward to because we do not know how long Lolshish will be out as far as his visa issue goes. So he wants to be reunited with that childhood friend. We as Justice fans want to see the power of that duo together, similar to what people saw when they were on Angry Titans and Envy together. 
at the same point, I feel very comfortable in the hands of Roar and in the hands of the Washington Justice coaching staff. I think they're going to make this roster work no matter how long they have to. And really, I think this tank duo is going to be so talented, as well as Tuba in the DPS role, that they're easily going to be able to mesh people in and out of the lineup. With all of that in mind, let's look forward to this weekend. Again, the Washington Justice hosting their first of five homestands here in the nation's capital. Uh, first one, again, being at the Anthem taking place this weekend. First match is going to kick off at 3 p.m. And if you're a fan of Overwatch League and not just the Washington Justice, there are some amazing matchups uh, that we get to watch this weekend, including the New York Excelsior versus Philadelphia Fusion, uh, which could easily be one of the best games of this entire homestand. The New York Excelsior being a team that for now three seasons in a row, showing that they are still part of that top echelon of this league. And the Philadelphia Fusion, Joey, like you said, uh, a team that a lot of critics and a lot of talking heads are saying are easily a top five team in this league. That's the first one at 3 p.m. on Saturday. That will be followed up by the Boston Uprising versus the Houston Outlaws. And closing out Saturday, February 22nd, the Paris Eternal will take on the Washington Justice, both teams sitting at 1-1. One one. Then taking a look at Sunday, February 23rd, again starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the New York Excelsior will take on the Houston Outlaws, followed by Toronto Defiant against the Philadelphia Fusion. And wrapping up, the first homestand in Washington, D.C. history for the Washington Justice. The London Spitfire, the 0-2 London Spitfire, former Season 1 champions, will take on your Washington Justice to close out the first homestand. A lot of great matches here, Joey. I, I'm kind of curious as to your breakdown and what to look forward to for this weekend is. Absolutely, John. If you're looking at non-justice matches, like you said, the one to watch is the New York Excelsior and the Philadelphia Fusion. This is going to be a matchup of two potential top five teams here at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. And what a better way to kick off the whole homestand weekend here in D.C. than with that premier matchup. Now, looking at the Justice matches as well, the Paris Eternal and the London Spitfire, I'm expecting the Justice to come out of this weekend 2-0. and I could see a 1-1. I think Paris will be the best matchup for them. I do not see them losing to the London Spitfire, but you never know. Uh, with this Justice squad, I'm very excited to see how they perform at home. How do the fans come out and support? I expect a lot of support here in the D.C. area. We have such a huge DMV esports scene that I expect lots of loud cheering, lots of fun costumes, lots of Justice jerseys out there as well, bringing the pain. Now, with that being said, John, I think one of the other factors to look at here is the venue. The Anthem is a beautiful venue. It's a newer concert venue here in the area, and I love the fact that the Justice has chosen this as one of their home venues for their five home stands. So overall, I'm super stoked for this weekend. I think having it Saturday and Sunday, you have six great matchups coming here you get to see the justice twice i think this is gonna be one heck of a weekend here in washington dc just a reminder folks tickets for that homestand are still available they have weekend passes they have single day passes for as low as 30 dollars. that's 10 dollars per series i mean what else are you going to do on a saturday or a sunday if you have nothing else planned for 30 bucks you can get a full day's worth of overwatch entertainment in person like joey said at an amazing venue at the anthem on the wharf with some of the best fans in the Overwatch League right here in D.C., the Washington Justice fans with the Vice and, uh, Washington Vice and Virtue uh, fan group. They're going to be there as well. They're going to be loud. They're going to be rowdy. It's going to be such an amazing time. So definitely, if you are free this weekend, tickets are still available. Why not take the Metro up to D.C.? Why not take a Lyft or an Uber up to D.C. and cheer on your Washington Justice and get to watch some amazing Overwatch League action 
in person. That will do it for this episode of Game on DC. If you enjoy listening to Game on DC, we want to hear from you. Leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. You can also leave us a comment on Google Play and SoundCloud. We would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to keep up with all gaming and esports news right here in the DMV. Joey, where else can our listeners go to follow Game on DC? Listeners, head on over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to find us at Game on DC. You can also find us using hashtag GoDC. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Joey. Game, Game on, on DC. DC.